Hello and welcome to the Battle Line Podcast, where we have conversations on that collision of space between community, faith, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Satterley, and here with me today is the Director of Publications. Matt, you're too much. My co-host on this <laughs> podcast and my co-host in life, Jamie Satterley. Jamie, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. It's like that perfect stage where, well, I call it fake fall. That's what it is in the South. It's just enticing you until the next heat wave comes through. But listen, I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Pumpkin spice lattes at the beach. That's fake fall. <laughs> also, we have with us here today our co-host, producer, our national media manager. Uh, uh, so, uh, oh, well, uh, I forgot you changed your... Her. Yes, media and marketing manager. Hey, oh, add that extra Don't M. sleep on Elizabeth. She's got, <laughs> she is handling all the business. The one who makes this whole thing run. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I am so, so super swell. How are you? All right. We've got lots of alliteration, multimedia <laughs> manager and super swell. Jamie, who, what's going on today? So today we're, we're going to talk about um, a partnership between the Salvation Army and the Boys and Girls Club. And this is going to look a little bit different depending on what part of the country that you're in. Um, but today we have some very special guests with us um, from the Southern Territory. We have Mark Jeffrey and Roberta Simmons-Smith who uh, maintain that partnership for the Salvation Army in the Southern Territory. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. We're so glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Doing great. We're doing swell as well. Super swell. So Super swell. swell. All right. So first question, tell us a little bit about yourselves. How long have you worked for the Salvation Army? What uh, and like what position? What do you do for the Salvation Army? How long have you been doing this? Well, you know, I've been a Salvationist my whole life. Uh, my parents are retired Salvation Army officers, so I, I know the Army well. And of course, I'm married to uh, Sue Ann. And we both live in Snellville. We have uh, three wonderful boys. And currently what I do for the Cyrus Army is I'm the territorial director for our uh, Boys and Girls Club programs in the USA Southern Territory. And I have been in this position now for 11 years. Uh, prior to that, I ran a Cyrus uh, Army Boys and Girls Clubs in Asheville, North Carolina. Beautiful part of the country. Absolutely loved it. And uh, there with my core officer, he and I worked together. We had a really good, we were a really great team. Uh, we were able to uh, uh, open up five club sites in that community and expand the mission of the Salvation Army through our uh, Boys and Girls Club program. Roberta, how about you? Well, I am a fifth generation Salvationist and I'm getting close to 20 years working with the Salvation Army, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but right now, my role is Territorial Operations Director for the Partnership of Boys and Girls Club and Grants Manager as well. So that's really exciting. I've had the opportunity to work at a core level, a divisional level now here in USA South on a territorial level. And so I feel like I've dipped in all of the different areas of the Salvation Army organization. And this really blows my mind, this partnership. So we're really excited to share it today. Roberta, I think you say 20 years now. I think... So that very first, uh, I guess, when you came down and yes. you were at a youth councils, right? It was 20 years ago. Don't bring that up. <laughs> so I was just thinking when you were There's talking, no I was visuals. like, hey. There's no visuals here. That's don't right. Worry. I don't have any pictures. I don't have any photographic evidence. <laughs> oh, but I think I remember, I think I was at that youth councils, that very yeah. first one. 
Yeah, so. dress as a nun. Yes, that's so fun. Also, now I feel very old. <laughs> I forgot about the dress like a nun. Oh my that God, got me. God, that's strange. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Uh, uh, Go ahead, right. Jamie. Go okay, ahead. yes, we'll move it along. Uh, somebody somewhere, I'm sure, has a photo of Roberta dressed as a nun, but it's not me. <laughs> All right. So, of course, our listeners know we've uh, if you've been with us since the beginning of the podcast, uh, you, you'll know that we have a bunch of different partnerships, um, you know, great relationships with all kinds of uh, companies and organizations who kind of help support our mission. Um, so today we want to learn a little bit about that partnership with the Boys and Girls Club. So can you tell us a little bit about um, the partnership itself and why it's so important? So sure, I'd be happy to start. You know, first, I think it's important to kind of define, you know, what Boys and Girls Clubs of America is and how that kind of differentiates uh, from what an actual Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club actually does. Uh, So the Salvation Army in the the South, you know, we partner with Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And Boys and Girls Clubs of America, you know, they don't actually serve kids directly. Uh, They serve clubs, so clubs can serve kids at their full capacity. But as a member agency, the Salvation Army operates what we call Salvation Army Boys and Girls Clubs, which we are fully responsible for. Uh, We are bound to Boys and Girls Clubs of America through their membership requirements and the services that they provide us. Uh, So basically, Boys and Girls Clubs of America provides an operating framework we use to operate chartered after-school and summer day camp programs for kids who need that type of program. So it's a fully... Uh, operational Salvation Army owned and operated uh, gig, so to speak. Uh, we just partner to use their resources and their framework, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. So tell us how how um, how did this partnership get started? Like, what's sort of the history of this? Did did we come to them? Did they come to us? And then when you answer this, can you also tell us, Mark, about how many Salvation Army Boys and Girls Clubs are there currently in the Southern Territory? Two part question. Sure. Well, our answer, there are about 81 in the Southern Territory right Woo! now, 81, 81 club sites. Uh, you know, the history actually goes back as far as 1918 that we can that we have a record of. Uh, there's actually a war cry article called the, All the World Loves a Boy, which is about um, serving boys clubs in industrial centers of New York uh, in the early 1900s. Um, and I use the word all the world loves a boy just as a historical note. Uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of America did not actually start serving girls until 1990. Um, so that was a big change for their movement. But uh, in 1960, uh, the Southern Territory um, began to have what we would call an official partnership with Boys and Girls Clubs of America through an, an agreement that basically just kind of outlines our structure and how we fit within what you would call a boys and girls club model, because there are some differences. Very cool. We didn't, I didn't know is that, uh, I mean, since 1918 G's for sure. Ancient. Uh, yeah. 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 I would not have guessed that early, but that's fascinating. And now I'm going to have to go see if I can find that article in our archive. (laughs) Mark has it. (laughs) Oh, do you? You've got it. I do. Now, Colonel you know, Hopper actually found it for me. You know, he's a historical guy. Yes. So, uh, nice. yeah. Nice. So why why should Salvationists care about this partnership? I mean, what's the benefit of partnering with them versus just saying like a core saying, you know what, I'm just going to set up an after school program or a club and kind of do this in my own. 
what's the value of partnering with the organization? Well, to that, I say, why not? Because there's like more reasons why you should than there is for reasons why you shouldn't. So what I've really blown my mind, because I was in program, you know, with the Salvation Army for years and seeing all those, the Salvation Army organizational side of things. Then when I came on board and learned about the world of the Boys and Girls Club of America and everything that they offer, I was just blown away. So here we are oftentimes as Salvationists trying, treading water, trying to get new stuff, trying to get quality programs off, up and running and looking for ways to uh, offer great things for our kids, whether it be an after-school program or whatever it is, or get people into the church. And here, Boys and Girls Club of America have amazing quality programs already built in that you have full access to when you become part of that partnership. And then your world opens up to all this great things that's already done for you and money and all because they have money to make these things quality too. And then you have access to all of those things. And automatically, because of the reputation of both, both the Salvation Army and Boys and Girls Club of America, people see that and they come into the door. So you have kids, you have members, you have people who are there five days a week, not just once for core cadets or something like that. Mm. But you five days a week after school with quality programming and you have them there in your space so it's it's just a no-brainer why not you know for for sure i mean like that's i i I love what you just said there roberta like that nailed it like for the most part we have our kids and savage army programming maybe maybe two hours a week Right. right, an hour on Sunday, an hour on youth night. But when you have a boys and girls club, an after school program through that, I mean, you have them every single day. That's yeah. awesome, Mark. What What about you, sir? Well, for me, it always kind of comes back to mission, right? Um, you know, that is the same for any nonprofit. It's no different for the Salvation Army. You know, our mission has two components. You know, we preach the gospel, treat Jesus Christ, and we meet human needs in His name. Uh, without discrimination. Uh, those two things are being met through Cyber Army Boys and Girls Club programs. I mean, we teach kids about Jesus, and we provided a much-needed program in the community for families and children. I mean, people are looking for places for their kids to go um, because they know that the streets are not the best place for their kids to be. So, you know, we live in a tough economic time. You know, parents are looking for a value. A Boys and Girls Club program is a value because we go into the community and we raise money uh, for kids who need it most so we can level the playing field. And, uh, you know, they have some hope and, and, and a chance at, at life as well. So for me, it comes down to mission. You know, are we meeting our mission? And uh, we're absolutely meeting our mission. So Awesome. So there are 81 current partnerships between the Salvation Army and Boys and Girls Club in the South. We know that in the other territories, they're beginning that partnership, beginning to grow. I know that there are many core out there that are hoping, uh, and not just in the Southern Territory, but in the other U.S. territories, to really get uh, a Boys and Girls Club program started, a partnership started at their core. So here's our question to you, and this is like, this is the price is right, normal, like, question, right, is, um, is, like, is there... What's the process? Like how, if somebody's really interested in this and they want to learn more, what could they do? And I guess my, our question is, it, can there be a core that is too small to have one of these? I mean, you, you think these boys and girls clubs have to be in larger cities, places like that. So is there a church? Is there a core? Is there a city? Is there a community that, that would, you would say, like is there a threshold? Yeah. A that's, minimum. Just, that's just too small. And if somebody's interested, like how, how, how can they uh, find out? Is it feasible? 
to do this. So to try to answer your question around is a court or a community too small, uh, that's a that's a, actually a really tough uh, question to answer directly. Um, but I think I think the answer really is uh, what we need to kind of ask ourselves is, is can the community, are they willing and able to help sustain uh, such a program? And I, what I will say to you is uh, probably 99.9.99% of every community <laughs> That's That's in, in the U.S. probably has the desire to get behind their youth. For sure. uh, because, uh, you know, people in business, they know that uh, the kids are our future. Um, they care about their cities and their economy and their and their tax base, those types of things. So um, that sort of hopefully answers your question a little bit. It really comes down to the, the, the ability of that community to, uh, to support it. Does it have to be a club? Like if I want to start one of these two, I have to have a fellowship hall in my core that I can bring some stuff into. Uh, not necessarily. Um, I mean, we we operate clubs and schools in some instances um, when we can't have a facility based uh, in our own building. But I will tell you this, uh, for those that are in- interested, I mean, we do have uh, three different designations of operating models that we have. Uh, I'm not going to get into all the details on the call, getting in the weeds with it, but uh, we have a unit. We have what we'd call an extension, and we would call what, what have what we call a community impact program. And all those kind of cascade down from level of uh, structure and operating hours and those types of things. So, yeah, if you had a fellowship hall, um, there's a pretty good chance that uh, they could probably be affiliated as a community impact program at the very minimum. Can you share with us? I'm going to add a question in here on the fly. Surprise! Um, here yeah, comes. But I know that you guys do. You guys give these presentations, so I know, and not just that you're you're there. You know these things. Can you tell us a, like a, a success story, um, or just um, you know, in all your visits to the club, like a story that just kind of keeps you motivated and keeps you going on? Like, why is this so important individually, not just for the Salvation Army, but like in the life of that kid? Why is, uh, you know, being at a Salvation Army Club so important? Well, I we have a few, and we actually have done testimonial videos here that are available at Ministry Toolkit. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you have a few, you know, success stories. I, I appreciate that. That's really... Well, I'll pinpoint the two that you can actually go see videos about. Um, but Daryl Crossland, who's in Florida, who's the uh, ADMD in Florida now, um, he came through and to the Salvation Army through Boys and Girls Club program. And he did it to his parents, got him off the streets. That's why they put him in there. And it was a Salvation Army run Boys and Girls Club program. And it's because of that program that kept him coming, got him into the church, continued his his journey along there uh, with his brother. And now he's, you know, fully engaged and and running a music and arts program in the Salvation Army. So there's that. We also have um, an officer couple who uh, came through the program as well. Um, their kids went into the Boys and Girls Club program. It actually changed their um, lifestyle at home because he was heavy into addictions. And um, 
that whole impact of that program affected the whole family to the point, and that was the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club program, which then got them into the church, got them into recovery, got them on the path uh, to officership, and now they're they're officers in the field in the in the Southern Territory. So their testimony is also very powerful. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, and 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 I love. I mean, we have success stories of uh, kids who. Um, aren't traditional salvationists as well, but I got to tell you, um, I really am very interested now in our success stories of our salvationists, particularly around, um, you know, Cyrus Army officership. You know, I, I, it's my understanding, you know, all of our territories are really trying to, to recruit uh, future Cyrus Army officers. And so I believe that, you know, Cyrus Army Boys and Girls Club program may not be the solve, but it has to be an input into helping solve that problem with future officers. And, uh, you know, Roberta just mentioned a couple, but we also have a couple uh, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, where the, the wife, uh, the, the, the lieutenant, she went through um, the Boys and Girls Club program in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Uh, so, you know, we, we need more of those alumni, uh, Salvationist alumni in our, in our Cyrus Army Boys and Girls Clubs. And uh, the way we make that happen is... Uh, we, we open the Boys and Girls Club program, and then we get really good at loving people and showing them the love of the Salvation Army and having the Salvation Army officers involved in that program so those kids can see what the Salvation Army is all about. And they look up at these officers and they say, hey, I want to be just like you one day. And you just develop those relationships and those continuity of those relationships. And uh, that's, how it, that's how it happens. No, I love that. I think sometimes we have too maybe narrow a focus and we think like, okay, well, this is our, our job is to here to work with this kid. Um, but we don't, we think about, you know, that child, we don't always think about, oh, this program can be life-changing for a family who maybe at first their only interaction is dropping their kid off, picking their kid up. But over time when those relationships are built, it can, a, a program designed for that child can have impact far beyond what we ever imagine. That's right, Major Jamie. Sometimes in the Army, we tend to bucket our children, right? We say, these are our core kids. These are our club kids. These are our camp kids. And, uh, you know, like you said, if we have a less narrow focus and we just say, hey, these are all of our kids, and we consider the club as part of the core kids, uh, they're, you know, there are kids. Uh, we have to work those relationships with all of them. Um, It'll pay dividends. Every single person under the age of 18 in your city is your kid. Yeah. So, all right, Mark, uh, Roberta, there are people out there listening to this that are saying, I just, I want to understand some more. Where, where do they go? Where do they go to find out more about this stuff? Do they just go to BGCA.com? What's the call? Well, I, I got to tell you, um, it's always never a bad idea to do a little research on your own. Um, of course, learning about Boys and Girls Clubs of America is going to be helpful. So you go to bgca.org, um, bgca.org. Uh, but if outside the Southern Territory, if uh, you want to have a further conversation based on information that people have learned, again, this will be outside the Southern Territory. I would say they need to talk to our liaison with Boys and Girls Clubs of America. His name is Greg Parker. Uh, again, his name is Greg Parker, and his email address is gparker 
at bgca.org. Say that right, Roberta. I think so. G Parker at bgca.org. Of course. No, Mark, he would be he would be for the entire nation, correct? He would be for the Western Territory, uh, and the Central Territory, and, and the Eastern Territory so, yes. at the moment. For yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. And the Southern Territory, since my position has been very well established for many many years. And we do ha- operate the largest number of Cyrus Army Boys and Girls Clubs, and they would be in contact with myself. And I can be reached at mark.jeffrey at uss.salvationarmy.org. And I just spell my last name for folks in case they get uh, they flip it around, but that's J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Mark, if people are interested in reaching out to you from other territories, could, since you you and Roberta are – the Boys and Girls Club, really department for the nation right now, it seems like. Is it okay if they reach out to you directly if need be to answer some questions? Absolutely. I'm more than happy to talk to folks from other territories, and I've done so uh, many times before. And can I just say that on Ministry Toolkit, if you search your BGCA2, there is also a video that shows uh, basically the partnership in a nutshell, gives all the details. So if someone's kind of interested in learning a bit more, all of what we said plus a lot more within five minutes in a really good video kind of shows that a ministry toolkit and kind of gives a little bit more of a deeper understanding of what that partnership is. What about, we do have a couple of listeners that are in other countries. I know this is the boys and girls club of America, but is there anything that we do with Canada? Canada. I'm from Canada. I'm Canadian. (laughs) Uh, by the way, Roberta, I know you're from Newfoundland, and I don't want to edit this out. This needs to stay in here. But I heard somebody the other day say that Newfoundland is basically the Alabama of Canada. Thoughts? Thoughts so, on that statement? So? So? Okay. And it's not Newfoundland. It's Newfoundland. That's what I said. Newfoundland. Anyway. So, I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't mean to make this a Canadian podcast. My, my apologies. To the- That's all right. But nothing is offered in Canada. Actually, actually <laughs> Mark, Mark's going to have to answer that. I mean, there is a Boys and Girls Club of Canada. Oh. Uh, but Boys and Girls Clubs of America and Boys and Girls Club of Canada, they are two totally different um, it's not like an international organization like Salvation Army. Sure. Uh, two t- totally different orgs. Um, I don't know much about BGCA in Canada, to be honest. Yeah, I no worries. I do know they exist. Yeah. All right. What else? What, uh, go ahead, Major Jamie. No, I was just going to say, before we move on to our last question of the week, is there is there anything that you feel like our listeners should just, like it would be a travesty if we closed out this podcast last, without last them knowing? Last words for the BCCA and Salvation Army par- Partnership. Okay, I think it would be an absolute travesty if we didn't mention, no, but seriously, um, that uh, there are some myths out there, even within our own territory, where there are officers or salvationists, uh, employees who may think that there is not the freedom to offer the gospel in a boys and girls club. That is completely false. We have it in writing. It's an agreement we have with Boys and Girls Club. There are no restrictions. We have it. It's even in the video that I just said to go to where the chief operating officer Officer. of the Boys and Girls Club of America, who is an alum, who has worked with Eddie Hopgood in in the Boys and Girls Club. Anyway, side note, she says straight out, there are no restrictions. There is the freedom to, to preach the gospel 
and use Jesus' name to to offer these kids a holistic uh, ministry within the club. So it that's for our own folks in our own territory to hear as well, because that does exist out there. That myth exists out there, but it is a myth and just that. And there's full freedom to preach. That's the great. That's very important to say. I hope everybody heard that. That was a way to be a myth buster there, Roberta. Way to go. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. No problem. Mark, anything, Mark, anything else you want to, you want to, uh, before we ask the last question, just to put out there? No, you know, I think that sums it up. Um, you know, Roberta hit, hit the nail on the head. You know, that's what Cyrus Army Boys and Girls Clubs are about. That's what differentiates us from a traditional Boys and Girls Club is our spiritual development. And uh, since we're allowed to do it, it's expected and we should be doing it. So thanks for, for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So at the end of every episode, uh, we ask this question. of We always love to hear from our guests. What is bringing you joy this week it doesn't have to be like it i always be, gotta put a disclaimer it could right. be anything it could be could spiritual be, it could be Reese Reese cups it could be whatever you want it to be what's giving you joy well this week since you've you know narrowed it down to the last eight days um i would say <laughs> joy is my pumpkin spice latte and my it's nothing but hocus pocus mug and my uh, <laughs> candles that i have lit and the decorations that my husband nick says is way too early to put out i actually read a meme there the other day that everyone who like celebrates fall this early is a life ruiner <laughs> I don't know where he is. a life ruiner but that's bringing me joy this week just fall I, and love it i think i think on september one you should be fair game to put out your fall stuff right? was your fall hold on was your fall stuff out before september one roberta no, labor day i do it after labor day okay see let's tell yeah. your husband to back off it's cool thank you that's cool how about you mark well, you know, I'm a graduate of the University of Georgia, mm. so I got to tell you, we'll, we'll, really, we'll, edit, we'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> I am really enjoying the Georgia Bulldogs football season so far and uh, look forward to a game every Saturday. And I, 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 my 12-year-old son is all about it, and we watch them together, so that's a great time. And we're going to go to a couple games here soon. So When was the uh, – when was the last time you caught a game in Athens? Last year, but we'll be going to the Vandy and Tennessee game, so uh, that'll be in Athens. Uh, I like to wait until it gets a little cooler. It's, it just gets hot in Athens, man. <laughs> sitting in that sitting in that sun watching a football game for I'm sure. Old for the heat, man. <laughs> I'm a Florida Gator fan through and through, but I have been to Sanford Stadium, and I will say there is nothing like a game at Sanford Stadium. It is insane. It is insane. It's intense. Yeah. It's, it's intense. We bring headphones. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth, let's bring in you joy this week. Okay, we're talking football, and I won my first fantasy game this week, so I'm totally stoked. This is Elizabeth's nice. first time playing fantasy football. I was so proud that she texted the Battle Line <laughs> podcasters and was like, who should I pick in my fantasy football <laughs> I am taking down the boys. Did you take did you take Josh Allen like I instructed you to? He was not on the table. He, he was, was off the board. I, I was, was instructed to pick quarterbacks after the wide receivers, the tight ends, and the RBs. Yeah. The RBs. I like uh, that. I don't know what that means, but RBs. <laughs> it's a fast food restaurant. It's a fast food restaurant. RBs. Uh, okay. Elizabeth, who is your quarterback? Who did you get? Oh, 
Okay. She she took Jimmy Garoppolo because of the way he okay. looks. I I was going to mention Jimmy Garoppolo as my joy, but I couldn't because, you know, Trey Lance is injured. I didn't want to do that. But my quarterback <laughs> is Kyler Murray, who's a total hey. snooze. Oh, okay. But my backup is Tua. And he got like 40 points this week. So he's yeah. like nice. my team picture. Like I'm team Tua all the way, but he's still on my bench. <laughs> So, listen, you were talking to. Go ahead, Roberta. I'm just going to watch my Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I watched that too. I had it both on last night. <laughs> like Let, a split screen. No commercials. It was wild. You are, you are speaking the lingo amazing right now. Like, it's yes. just, it's awesome. All right, Take Jamie. it till you make it, Elizabeth. How about you, Jamie? What's giving you joy? Listen, for me, it's uh, like I said at the beginning the promise of all things fall. Roberta, don't feel bad. My house was decorated for fall. I was like, nope, we're. Yeah. It's such a short window. Yes. We're doing it. Yes. The weather's cooperating. It was in the 60s when I left the house this morning. Mm-hmm. I was all about that. All the fall drinks are at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I had I made pumpkin bread this week. Mm-hmm. We're living our best fall life over yeah. here at the Saturday house. Nice. I am. I don't know how much Matt loves it, <laughs> but I'm I'm just like, listen. We have squirrels life. dressed like pilgrims <laughs> in our house right now. Listen, those are from the children. Susanna Susanna found them in a cabinet somewhere and was like, Mom, look how cute. We have to put these out. Pilgrim squirrels. I'm like, I don't even know why we own those, but okay. The problem is I uh, nobody on this podcast, we don't do the visuals, so nobody just saw the squirrel holding the in the pilgrim outfit that I just saw. Yes. For our listeners who can't see, somewhere my daughter found salt and pepper shakers of squirrels dressed as pilgrims. So. They are on our table. <laughs> uh, no, I think I've said football season for me the last uh, three, four episodes. So it's still that. Um, but also, you know, this is the is time it of still year. that, Matt? Is it still giving you joy, football season? Because I think if the listeners could have heard our house on Saturday, they would have not. Elizabeth, considered- edit, edit all of this. Edit <laughs> all, all of her out. Joy. So, um, for me, I, I think right now we have officers' councils coming up. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are like, officers' councils. Uh, I don't want to be away from my kids. I hate this. <laughs> but you know what? I always enjoy officers' councils. It's a good time to get together with other people, like-minded people who are doing the same thing. So um, I like officers' councils. It's, it's nice in the fall just to get away and uh, hang out with some friends for a while. So uh, that's also about- spiritual refreshment, Matt, which is the point. You're supposed to say that part. <laughs> And just edit edit it out too. So, (laughs) Roberta, Mark, thank you guys so so much for being on here with us again. um, We'll try to get those emails uh, addresses again. If you miss those, you can go back and you can listen to them again. Or we'll try to see if we can get those um, from Mark and Roberta. We'll put them in the show notes so that way you can, uh, if you're interested more, you can you can click there as well. So, Mark, Roberta, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Happy fall. That's going to end this episode of the Battle Line podcast. So be sure to subscribe to the Battle Line wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out the Peer website at peermag.org and follow Peer on the socials at peer.magazine. Until next time, this has been the Battle Line podcast. Bye, everybody. See ya. 